Welcome, everybody, to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Druff, Drexel, and Vowel Show. And tonight it really is the Druff, Drexel, and Vowel Show, as we have Drexel back, but not quite Yay. yet. He'll be back in a few minutes, but he is coming on the show just a few minutes late, or a few minutes really? later than is we're late. Is some kind of psych, or is he really here? No, no, he's really coming back. He's not here right now. In fact, you, you can take a look on Skype. You'll see there's no trick here. He's not here at the moment, but he will be here very soon, and uh, he will be here for the entirety of the show once he comes back, and he's back on the show for good. So that, I'm very happy oh, to announce that. That, and that is awesome. People were actually. What did you do to get him back, Jeff? Did you have to bribe him? I, I don't want to get into that. I, I, I had to do a few things, but you know he, he's returned. That's all that matters. And uh, you know, <laughs> just right. just in case anyone's doubting me and thinks that uh, this is just me stalling, uh, can I have a word with my third co-host, please? The, I'm here. There we are. Yay! Hi. The gang's Welcome all back to together. Home, hey, everybody. Well, where the hell have you been, damn it? I think he deserves a spanking, Josh. Just, just for, you know, making us wait for him for this long. Well, you can Come give on. it to him. I, I can't volunteer for that, but... Uh, Best over, Brandon. Get a little spank. Anyway, um, I, I hate to uh, cut the reunion short, but we're going to have to cut the whole show short tonight because of me. Because I actually have family that's in town, and there's a dinner tonight at a secret location within Las Vegas that I'm going to at 9 o'clock, and there's no way to change this. In fact, it's even fortunate I can do the show at all, but uh, I got everybody to agree to a dinner at 9 o'clock, but it can't be any later than that, and it can't be another day, so uh, this is the best I can do. This show will end actually at 8.30, because I have to get ready, and I have to drive over there. So, uh, Brandon, do you have the old laptop? I mean, do you want to <laughs> going? You know what? I, I normally would... Um, I don't know if you can tell from my voice, I'm still suffering the remnants of the end of a cold that I picked up when I was uh, on vacation, unfortunately. Just so, drink uh, some hot, hot brandy and you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> don't you know that? Well, anyhow, it, it's good to be back. Um, yesterday, uh, I hope I'm not blowing up spots, but yesterday, Druff and I actually met in a secret location and shared a pizza pie together. That's true. That's all, that's all I'm going to reveal. It was a secret location. but It's like uh, a bromance. <laughs> it actually was. Yeah. So and, uh, it, is, it is true. And uh, so Brandon has returned to the show, and I'm very happy about that. The show's not the same without him. Very glad he's returned here. And, uh, in fact, he has a, a charity event that he'd like to announce. I don't know if you want to do this now or if you want to do it a little later in the show. I just don't want to run out of time tonight. Um, you know, does it have anything to do with the Iceman? <laughs> no, it doesn't. Okay. You know, let's uh, – are we definitely getting off at exactly 8.30? Right around there, yes. Okay, around eight twenty or so, I will remember, and I'll, I'll I'll talk about it. We'll you know we'll get to the other things that we want to talk about, and I'll spend a few minutes at the end talking about something I'm really proud about that's about to uh, take place in uh, a couple days. Yeah, and I know I, I talked to you yesterday about it, and uh, I was kind of shocked that you didn't really know the specifics of it. I mean, I think uh, even you of uh, World Series Bracelet of Fame. We're pretty impressed with the guests that we have on and what we're going to yes, be doing. Yes, very impressed. I was surprised and impressed with uh, the names that are involved with this thing. And I, I think a lot of you, if you don't know already, will be very surprised too. I'm not exaggerating here. When you hear who's involved with this, you're going to be 
shocked. This isn't just like... Well, I'm a co-host, and I have no idea. <laughs> okay, okay, well, I guess you'll be shocked, well, too. We'll end the show, and like I said, around 8.20 or so, I'll jump in, and we'll talk more about yeah. that. Yeah, so, so this is what's going on today. Uh, we're going to have to speed through the topic so we can get all this done by 8.30, and uh, hopefully this we'll get all this done. This will be a challenge for Jeff. It will be. I mean, it's a, an hour and a half seems like a long time, but it's, it's really not for me. For, for me, uh, when I'm on radio, the time just flies by. So, anyway, this is what we're doing tonight. First, of course, I want to announce again, we have a free roll for $60, $40 for first, $15 for second, $5 for third. It's courtesy of C-Money. Once again, $50 of that is from him. $10 is from Weissman, who donated uh, $10 of contest money he won a few weeks ago. Thank you to both of them. Thanks, Weiss, and so thanks, 40 everybody, for the continued generosity. Right. And uh, $40 for first, $15 for second, third for third is fifth. Uh, third is five dollars, I mean, and uh, it's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, 7:40 p.m. Pacific time. It's in about 28 minutes. Make sure you register before 7:40, or you won't get in. Totally free to enter. You don't even need any play chips to enter. Uh, you do have to have a registered account on Poker Fraud Alert by May 21st, 2012, to qualify for the free money. You can play the free roll, but you won't get any of the money from it, which you have to PM me to get if you finish first, second, or third, unless you qualify. So you need to either have a registered account here dated May 21st or before, or PM me for permission and you have to PM me before you win, not after you win, and convince me that uh, you have been around a while, either on this site or on previous sites that have been on. Tell me stuff you've liked about the sites or previous shows have been on or this show, just so I know you're not here to leech off the free roll and leave. So uh, that's what's going on with that. Make sure it's No Limit Hold'em, as usual, tonight, uh, 7.40 p.m., No Fraud Online Poker Room, which uh, you can find near the top center of our site, PokerFraudAlert.com. Here's the agenda for tonight. Uh, as you've seen every week, uh, I've been incorporating a number of scams and scandals that occur in poker into this show, because that, that's what Poker Fraud Alert's all about. And while we like to have fun and, and mess around sometimes, I, I always want that to be part of the focus of this show. So uh, the show lives up to the name of the site, and, and this is a topic I'm very interested in, and that's the main reason I started up this forum, is so there could be a repository to discuss all the different scams and scandals that go on, and you don't have to sift through a million threads on 2 plus 2 to find it. So anyway, uh, we have some more again this week that we will talk about, and, and then some other stuff too. So here's the agenda. Uh, first of all, this is not about a scam or scandal, but uh, if you live in Nevada... You may be able to play online poker legalized within the U.S. offered through a U.S. company as soon as that's October. That's yeah. unbelievable. And I'm really curious, Jeff, how it is legal. You'll have to explain that to us. Yeah, so that we're going to talk about that. The South Point Casino in Las Vegas may have operational, legalized, real money online poker in October of this year. But if you don't live in Nevada, you can't play. You may be able to play if you come to Nevada. But and just to clarify that more, from everything that I've read, it's not a question of if, it's more a question of when. Right, right. That's exactly accurate. So it's going to happen. It's just, uh, will they get it online by October, or will it be November or December or January? We don't know. But they're saying October right now, and it's definitely going to happen, and they're definitely moving full speed ahead to make it occur. But I'll, I'll talk a little, bit, a little bit about that, both how it's legal what this means for the future of online poker, and what I think is going to be the result, or how I think the games are going to be, and the way I think this online poker room is going to be when it starts up. And we'll get, of course, the opinions of the other co-hosts as well. 
we have a few scandals going on. Now, these are European sites, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't talk about them, because we have European listeners. Uh, paynorake.com. You know a site that's based on paying no rake <laughs> might be a problem, because how do they make money? I'm not even sure how this place makes money, but they're apparently not paying their players or affiliates. So if you're on paynorake.com, stay away from it. I'll, I'll talk about that. We're not going to spend a whole lot of time on that, but uh, I want to cover it. Well, I'm not sure if that, that's the same site that you're referring to. I remember uh, a couple years back when uh, online poker was booming, that there was a, a site that promoted and advertised no rake, and it was just a monthly membership fee that you had to pay. But I'm not sure. If, do you know if that's the same one that you're referring no, to? No, no, this is different. Okay. So, and this is you, 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 do you recall the site I'm talking about? Um, yeah. I, I don't know. I can't remember, but it was like you paid $59 a month, and it was just unlimited. Yeah, it was, it was the uh, World the Poker Exchange. Wasn't it the World yeah. Poker Exchange? Poker After Dark, they'd come on with the ads for that. Yep. Sure, that became a Yeah, I think, I think it was the World Poker Exchange, actually. Anyway, um... But this is a different site. This is paynorake.com, and they're they're looks like they're going under. They're just not paying anyone. So do, definitely don't play there, and definitely don't deposit there. Uh, another site, similarly, is not paying and is in big trouble. Also a European site, gutshot.com. Good name too, gutshot.com. Their skin's been down for weeks, and when I say their skin, they're currently on the Merge Network. So the Merge Network, which uh, is U.S. friendly. Uh, Gutshot.com is aimed at UK users. I don't think they take US players, but you can't even connect to the merge network through the Gutshot.com client. If you run their software, it'll say, sorry, our software is down, try again later. And it's been like this for weeks, and I don't think they're ever coming back up. And one thing about this story, it's not getting press anywhere. 2 plus 2, someone tried to bring it up, nobody responded. It, it was just ignored. It, it, there's a little discussion going on on the Hendon Mob forum, but this is really being ignored, and it's a fairly big story, even though these aren't huge sites. And I'll talk about that one. That's a, a pretty intriguing story. I'm going to try to use this site to publicize what's going on there because it's pretty bad. Uh, we have a player I'm going to try to call. We don't usually have many interviews on here, which I'd like to see changed, but uh, we're going to have someone on here who's not a big name in poker by any means, but it's a guy who got disqualified from a World Poker Tour regional event in Florida, at the Seminole Casino in Florida. For being a butthead? Well, pretty much. He, I mean, there's no question the guy was obnoxious and acting like an asshole there. But I still think that the tournament director abused his power. Unless there's something about the story that isn't being presented correctly, I think that someone was given too harsh of a penalty for what he was doing. And we'll talk about what happened there and maybe even get him on the show. I have his phone number. I tried to call him before the show and he didn't answer, hmm. but he does want to come on. So uh, we'll try again. I mean, he, he really wanted to talk to me first before coming on the show, but uh, he didn't answer. So I'm just going to try to call him during the show and, you know, talk to him that way. Um, another Matt Marifiati story. seems like we always have him in the news on here. Uh, he actually started a kind of fight, a physical fight at a live tournament with uh, Jonathan Aguiar, who he's been feuding with for quite some time. He shoved Jonathan Aguiar, but Matt Marifiati had a bodyguard with him at the tournament. So uh, a lot of people were saying... didn't do anything. Yeah, well, a lot of people were saying it's kind of cowardly to start a fight only when you have a bodyguard that can jump in and uh, assist you if you're losing. So Was it a big, muscular guy? I don't know what the bodyguard looked like, but I have to imagine it was probably someone that... Uh, I think uh, the most hilarious thing about it, and this was actually posted in the thread, 
was that uh, I think Jason was the one that notices that Bruce Buffer was in the photo. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. He was in the photo when they were interviewing Jonathan Aguiar after this happened, and, and Bruce, Bruce Buffer was actually in the photo. I don't know if he made any announcements uh, about that fight, but uh, he was there. And uh, we, we'll, I'll quickly give an update also on the Templar scamming situation. It's pretty sure that he scammed people. We do have a good-sized fund, including $200 from Slim T, to pay back people who got uh, victimized by this. So, uh, oh, the irony. Yes. And an odd thank you goes out to Slim <laughs> I T. I guess, yes. yes. So, uh, <laughs> if, if for some reason, after all the money's paid out to Templar's scam victims... Uh, and I'm sorry for not paying it out yet. I know I said I've done it already, but I've been really busy recently. But I, I will get this done. I'm not going to just keep the, the fund. People are going to get paid back. And uh, you know, I'll send it directly to you guys on PayPal or whatever way you want it to whoever got scammed by him. And if there's anything left over, we'll, we'll throw it into the free roll pool. So I'm not going to keep a dollar of any of that fund. You, you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Uh, there's a best and worst poster I shouldn't say contest, but a uh, a vote on BracketGeek.com, which is right now our only sponsor. And uh, if you go to a thread started by Pooh, you get to vote on the best poster and the worst poster. But it's not a normal voting question where you just pick the best and the worst and that's it. There's all these brackets where you have like you know 50 different votings where you have to pick one person against the other, who's best and who's worst. And and eventually the winners are going to go on to you know play those winners and it's going to go all the way down in bracket format till we have a single best poster and worst poster. And there is a $50 prize for the winner of, of the best poster. So uh, uh, if you want to see the best poster recognized, then go ahead and vote. And if somehow I win then I will donate it back into a free roll. I, I, I'm never going to win any prizes through this site. So I yeah. wish I had known there was a prize. I might have uh, lobbied a little harder. Yeah, maybe you would have uh, posted a little bit more and uh, made some... Yeah, uh, I, I might have made some time, made some photoshops, but I had no idea there was money involved. You know, what you could have done is you could have uh, taken some more accidental photos of your leg, and one step would have voted for you. <laughs> Remember, he was excited by that. One step would have created dupes just to vote for him. That, that was so funny. Is one step who always talks about guys, always talks about being attracted to guys, and talks about twinks and all this other gay stuff. He was the one most excited by your leg. Like, like of all the guys on the site. It wasn't even a good picture. <laughs> Wait, is there a prize for both the best and the worst? Um, oh, that, there should be a prize for the worst. Yeah. Can you send the chat asking, if you suck at posting, do you win $50? Uh, you you no. might. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure about because that. Because it's going to be Jay Searles, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> uh, you so might, I'm not sure about the worst. I, I know there is one for the best for $50. So uh, anyway, uh, we have that. And then uh, we were going to do an interview with 408 Mike, who's kind of a polarizing figure. A, a guy who, by his own admission, has a lot of issues and problems, both in his life and just kind of with his mental state. And uh, this is not someone who comes on our forum and, and projects himself as normal or says that he's normal. And uh, I, I wanted to have him on here just so people can get a better idea of like what's going on with him. And I was going to ask him some questions and just kind of get a little view of 408 Mike from something outside of a forum. But we don't have time tonight, so we're going to do it next week. And, uh, and we'll try to squeeze in an Ask Val segment. Uh, uh, hopefully we'll have time uh, with all these things. Uh, normally I would never put that off. And, of course, at 820... Also, also, real fast, shout-out to uh, Bootsy Collins, who's right now in Las Vegas at the MGM playing the horse tournament, listening to us live. Oh, wow. While cool. He's playing. Cool. Nice. 
So, and yes. if there's no time for the Ask Bell segment, that's fine. I did have something kind of interesting to talk to you guys about tonight, and it involves a dream that I had about none other than Todd Wattella. Oh, wait. <laughs> I think we have to have the segment now. I have to hear about this. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so that, that's what's going on tonight, and I'll try to move fast through everything here. And the good thing is I don't think any of these topics really take a very long time to discuss. We don't have any huge poker news this week that's going to take like two hours to talk about. So I think we can speed through these and still get out all the relevant information, and then then we will have time for segments like the Ask Vowels. And, and of course, I, I promised Brandon that uh, we'll hear about his uh, charity uh, Situation at uh, at a twenty, which uh, I, I think you'll all be very impressed with. This isn't just like a, a stupid plug for something that uh, I'm doing him a favor. This is really a very interesting thing he has going on, and I, I was very impressed when I heard from him yesterday when we were sharing the pizza together on our date. Uh, By the way, what were the toppings on that pizza? Well. Go ahead. I'll, I'll, Go ahead. I'll tell you about this. I'll, I'll tell you about a fear I had. I didn't want to tell Brandon. Well, about you know, it's funny. Actually, tell the story because I was explain the the logic in how we decided what to order. Okay. Like, so so uh, so Brandon and I were were there together to order like at a pizza place that, that he recommended, and we had to figure out: did we want to share a pizza? Did we want to get individual pieces? Did we get get slices? So we were trying to figure this out. And uh, for most people, this would be easy, but there's a reason for us it's not, and that's because. Well, that's why. <laughs> because there's two Jews at a pizza place. They, they always want to get the best deal. Inquiring minds want to know, Jeff, do you like your tomatoes on the side on pizza as well? Well, I, no, I don't get tomatoes. I, tomato sauce, I obviously don't put on the side, but I don't get... Uh, the only topping no I get is, is pepperoni, and, and Brandon wanted onions, but it goes beyond this. Here's the situation. They were selling slices, which were fairly big slices, at like two twenty-five each. Then there was like a 12-inch pizza and an 18-inch pizza. Now, a lot of people think that a 12-inch pizza is two-thirds the size of an 18-inch pizza. Because, you know, 12 is two-thirds of 18. That's not true. Uh, it's actually more than double the size an 18-inch. Uh, it's more than double the size of a 12-inch because it's, it's a... They're measuring the diameter there. I won't get into the math of it, but the, trust me, that's what it is. So I, I was trying to explain to Brandon here that uh, what we should really do, because the, the prices weren't that different for the 12 and 18-inch. I was saying we should just get the 18-inch pizza, which, yes, it's very big and we'll probably have some left over, but I think that's the best value, provided we can agree on a pizza we can share. Now, no ham, right? Like yeah, of course no ham. Well, ham. actually there was. There was pepperoni, which is the equivalent to ham. But also you had another theory about getting slices versus a whole pie in terms of the quality. Right. So oh, this, oh, was, this was how I felt about the, the slices. I don't like getting slices at pizza places unless it's a very busy place because what happens is they cook the pizzas that they take the slices from and then they just sit out under some kind of warmer. And uh, a pizza is always best right when it comes out of the oven and it's hot and fresh. I mean, there's a big difference between that and a pizza that was made two hours ago that's just been kept warm. So I was like, I, I don't want to take a chance with the slices even if it breaks out to a little bit cheaper. I actually want to spend more money uh, if necessary on a fresh pizza as long as it's not like way, way more uh, to know what's actually fresh and it hasn't been sitting out, especially because I wanted pepperoni, and pepperoni, you know, they always have one of those sitting out for slices, and the place didn't look that busy. So, anyway, we it turned out... Two we, Jews in a pizza. It turned out we were rescued... Been worse but be honest, Jeff, was it a good pie? Yeah, it was good, and, and, and what was good also was that they happened to have a special on the 18-inch pizza, so then it was a no-brainer. So then then we, ha- we, split, we split the toppings of pepperoni and onions. You know, pepperoni on one half, onions on the other, and then I asked a very Jewish question, and that was... 
if we do half and half, do you charge us for two toppings or one? I actually, I actually asked this. I, I don't. I, I'm not surprised. And you know, if they said two, I would have said to Brandon, "Okay, let's flip a coin. You know, if it's onions, you'll eat the whole pizza. If it's uh, if pepperoni, I'll eat the whole pizza, and one of us will go hungry." Good Lord. But but anyway, uh, um, they only charge us for one. We got the pizza. And I had a secret worry that I didn't express to Brandon, but I'll tell you now. Hmm. I I really don't like onions uh, on pizza. And whenever people get toppings they don't like on a pizza that is that kind of split with me, like what we did yesterday. You know, I kind of sense that because when he brought the pizza pie to the table, originally the onions were turned in your direction, the onion side of the pizza. And I looked at your face, and it was like utter disdain looking at you. And, and I really thought that you were – I mean, you know, I, I, I know, I've known you long enough. I really thought you may have an issue – of toppings being on a pizza coming close to your toppings that you don't like. Well, it's not coming close. It's that I actually didn't want it to slip into my pizza without me knowing it and like, have me accidentally eat the onions in, in, my, in like my pepperoni that's bordering your onion. So I looked right. closely, and if it was like... If there's a lot of onions into the pepperoni, I actually I don't know what I would have done. But uh, fortunately, they did a very good. Yeah, it didn't happen. It, yeah, they did, did a good job. job. The top right, right. Oh so, God, we, so my God. fears were unfounded. But I, I once had this. I once had a nightmare with this, where, like, I ordered a half pepperoni, half mushroom pizza, and I absolutely hate mushrooms. And and the mushrooms are like encroaching on my pepperoni, and they're like secretly under the cheese, and I bite into the pizza, and I'm expecting like a good bite of pepperoni, and I taste a mushroom, and I freak out. So like. I, I I was worried about this with the onions, but it didn't occur, and the pizza was actually very good. And fortunately, because the pizza was good, then I was in a good mood, and I was able to convince Brandon to return to this show. So it was I all. Had no idea when I asked about the toppings that it was going to be this level of detail. Just, so. just so people realize, all this is actually a hundred percent factual and true. Of course, this really went on. None of this is being exaggerated or made up for radio. <laughs> but, uh. And now Jay Searles has asked in chat, "Why do we waste our time listening to this shit?" Well, Jay Searles, shut the fuck up. This is this is hilarious radio. I don't know what your problem is. Okay, so so we'll go back to the more serious topics here. Uh, let's talk about the South Point. The South Point Casino is going to be offering legalized intrastate online poker, which means online poker only within the state of Nevada. If you don't live in Nevada, or if, if you're not physically residing in Nevada, you cannot play there. So, you so Jeff, do you have to show an address and show like a, a you know a utility bill for that address, like you do at the library? Well, I, I have a work? I have a feeling you don't. Maybe Brandon knows it. I have a feeling you don't because I have a feeling they'll allow people to play if they're physically in Nevada, even if they don't live here. But on the other hand, if you live in Nevada and you travel to another state, I know you can't play. They're actually going to use technology to convert your IP address to. They've actually they've actually have had this technology in place. Uh, for quite some time, uh, almost a, at least a decade, maybe longer. I know when I first moved here uh, around 2001, Station Casinos was the first property to offer online gambling from your home, in which, um, and Druff, you may have to help me with some of the technology uh, aspects of this, but uh, what you would do is you'd walk into any station casino, you'd open up an online account, deposit whatever amount of money you wanted to, and they would give you a CD. You'd go home and you'd put this CD in your computer, and it would connect. I think it, it, it's called a, what is it, a very secure network, a very private network. Oh, oh a, v- a VPN, yeah, yeah, a virtual yeah, private okay, network. Yeah. A vir- virtual I never private really network. quite understood yeah. any of that stuff, but, but you would do that, and then you could literally sit at your home um, and, and, and play. Wow. And, 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 you know, wager on anything you could in the actual, in any station casino sports book. And you could do that anywhere 
in the state of Nevada, but it had the technology that literally, if you were like a quarter mile, because people actually tried doing this uh, on the Arizona border or even the California border, it would not let you access this uh, VPN. So I imagine, you know, obviously this is 10 years later, the technology will even be better, but even back then, um, I knew knew that you were not able to do that. Well, so, I, I, have to, I have to say something here. Um, it sort of makes sense that if you cross the border that it will be able to tell, because it's doing it by your IP address, and the IP addresses, there's a lot of ways to be able to tell where those are from. In fact, I can do that. I, I can look at anybody's IP address here on this site and, and know not your address, but know the general region where you live. Uh, sometimes the city and state, sometimes the, the general area of your state, but uh, in most cases I can tell. I, I don't bother looking this up, but I, I could, and so could anybody else who runs a website. So I think if you were to go like just, a barely, just barely into Arizona or California, then the internet provider you'd be using would be one that, uh, that, that, that block of IP addresses is registered to their California operations, and it would know even if you just crossed the border. However, uh, if somehow you found a way to connect to a Nevada computer from outside of the state of Nevada, it won't be able to tell unless they use software to see if you're running one of these uh, pieces of software that allows you to remotely connect to computers. Other, otherwise, Are you saying similar to how, in theory, people could still play on uh, sites that do not accept U.S. customers, like such as through like Team Viewer, yes, in, yes. In that manner, okay. exactly. And yeah. and uh, so I, it'll be interesting to see how many people who want to play legalized online poker in the U.S. that don't live in Nevada use their friends who live in Nevada to establish phony Nevada addresses and phony Nevada IPs and use no, like I was Team just Viewer. About to ask, I mean, you know, how open are you to our members contacting you? And requesting to use your no no I'm, I'm not going to get involved in that business but uh, but but I'll I'll say that I have a feeling this is going to go on a lot and I don't know how much the South Point's going to care I don't know if they're going to like be very very vigilant in tracking this down or if they're just going to do the minimum of what they need to do that make sure the IP connecting to their system originates in Nevada and then from there provided they don't have any further evidence they well, do nothing well, two interesting things I just want to point out. Uh, for people just to understand. And the first one being, I'm a little confused, or, or maybe confused is the right word. I'm a little unsure of, of what they think they're going to be getting because in terms of, you know, I, I have to ima imagine that the majority of people that play are going to live here. Uh, e I mean, even tourists, and they've talked about this, like if you come stay in Las Vegas for the weekend, you'll have access to this. But who's going to come to Las Vegas, I mean, you know, just for, a, a, you know, a trip, you know, that, and I'm talking about the tourist angle that's going to do go through this process of just being able to play online poker in your room. I mean, I don't think they're going to get a lot of that demographic. Well, they might get some of it. I, I agree this is not going to provide a large player pool, the, the tourist uh, contingent. They, might, they may set up some machines in their casino where you can just sit down and play online poker, like through the online site, just like by feeding money into the machine. Uh, the same way you would video poker. I haven't heard plans to do that, but they, that could be done. Uh, they could also, as you said, put it in the rooms, and when people come back, you know, at night and kind of are done gambling, they're like, oh, you know, I maybe I'll just do this laying in my bed. You know, it's, it's easier to do that than to go down to the casino if you're like, kind of tired and don't really feel like being down there with the hustle and bustle of the whole casino. So but I what about a proxy that hails to Las Vegas, Nevada? You could th that you could do, but uh, there aren't many of them. Most proxies are actually based outside of the country. 
So I don't even know if there is an open proxy that just anyone could use. And also, if there is, that they could track down. Like on, on this site, if you try to use a proxy to connect to Poker Fraud Alert, it'll probably not let you through. Because I actually wrote software into this site myself to detect that. So if I can write it in there, then, then I'm sure that the uh, professionals uh, who, who, are, who are doing this for a living, uh, I mean, I once did it for a living, but I mean, people who, this is actually their job to prevent, uh, I, I wouldn't recommend anyone do that. But uh, uh, the, any other, the other thing, uh, Todd and Angel, that I find very, very interesting is that of all the casinos that have applied for licenses, which is basically every every casino, uh, every big name brand in Vegas, I guess, other than the Venetian, that the South Point is going to be the first that uh, will be licensed and will be online. And the reason why I find this interesting, just to, I, I know we can't spend too much time on this topic, but just to give a brief a recap of, of the South Point and the owner. The owner is a, a gentleman by the name of Michael Gahn. And in the early 80s and all through the 90s up until basically 2004, he dominated, he completely dominated the local casino market in uh, Las Vegas. Uh, and, and now it's basically dominated by station casinos, but he had a stranglehold on it for a good 20 years. And uh, the brand that he owned was Coast Casinos. And it started with the Barbary Coast, which uh, is on Las Vegas Boulevard, and then he later expanded and uh, built the Gold Coast, uh, the infamous Orleans that we've talked about many, many times, the Sun Coast, and then also the uh, South Point, which was then at that point called South Coast. And See, Brandon, this is why I missed having you on the Aww. show, because you uh, you know this, Judd, and it's fascinating. And thank so, so anyhow, thank you. Oh, I appreciate that. So... The point I'm making, what ended up happening in 2004, and I actually worked for this company uh, in 2002, is that they merged with Boyd Gaming, and uh, he got a ton of stock and uh, was on the board, and they all basically became, you know, more or less Boyd properties, and but but they still retained the Coast brand as well. Anyhow, he was not happy with the, the way things were run, and what he ended up doing is giving up all his stock back to Boyd, and they kept all the properties uh, except for the South Coast, which he retained, and then later renamed, obviously, to, to uh, not have any conflict of interest, the South Point. And again, like it was originally built the first three years, it was known as the South Coast. So that's the only property he owns. It's one property. It's on Las Vegas Boulevard. Um, generally, it, it's considered a local's casino. Although it's on Las Vegas Boulevard, it's probably, I'd say, about five miles uh, south of Mandalay Bay. So it's pretty, pretty far south. Yeah, it's really far south. It's, it's South Point, yes. it's an accurate name, because uh, it yeah. really is like the, the most southern casino yeah. in Las Vegas. And uh, like you, you, that's the first sign you're in Vegas uh, when yeah. you're driving north on the 15th. So, and, and and again, for those who also don't know, his father is a legendary casino mogul, a mainly properties he owned downtown. At one point, he owned like 10 different casinos named Jackie Gone. But the, the point of what I'm saying, other than just to, to get all this out there, is I, I kind of found it odd that of, out of Harrah's and, you know, all the other casinos, the Golden Nugget, uh, MGM, that were applying that he was given first crack at it. And I wonder... In fact, you know, I shouldn't say I wonder. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty 
sure, and I, I think it's fair to assume a lot of that is just because of his connections with the gaming board and just being in this city for you know going on over thirty years. Yeah, that's now. interesting. I wonder the same thing, and I, th- I think you're you're hitting on some good points here. Yeah, because otherwise it would make no. I mean, it just always struck me as odd that they were given such preferential treatment over these big companies. And he's somebody, like I said, that's lived here for thirty years, and he's donated to many campaigns. And I mean, I, you know, I guess it, it, it's not really that important, but it is something I kind of thought was interesting and I wanted to bring out. No, I, th- I think that's good information. I was wondering the same thing, like why the South Point of all the, of all the casinos to be offering online poker first? Why the South Point? <laughs> and although you know, it's never going to be definitively, definitively proven, that is most likely the reason why, because of his long-standing relationships that he has with members of the gaming board and just other high-powered figures all the way up to Carson City. Um, again, like you're talking about a very small casino that he owns, there's only one property. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, it's not even really a relevant property, it's, it's you know, it's on the strip, but it, it, it just attracts locals that are in the area and people that want cheap rooms and can't afford to stay uh, on the strip. So. That's interesting. Anyhow, so, yeah. so, so anyway, uh, I haven't used the casino. Uh, the, the casino. I haven't used the online poker software yet. They've had a free version running, but I'm even hearing that the free version is not going to really resemble the real money version all that much. But uh, I have a feeling it's going to be a fail site at the beginning in a few ways. And you've already touched on it, sort of. And that, first of all, you're going to have a lot of locals playing it who are moderately good to very good players. So so you're not going to have a lot of fish on there. Um, Nevada is a small state. Now, there are more gamblers in Nevada per capita than anywhere in the country. So so it's not like uh, you're running it in South Dakota or something. But uh, still, Nevada just doesn't have that big of a population. You've got the Vegas area, you've got the Reno area, and that's pretty much it. The rest of Nevada is a wasteland with almost no people. So uh, I don't think Nevada has the population to support an active online poker room. Now, you may see, like, one, two games going a lot, but uh, I think if you want to play for any kind of real money that you can make a living with, I I have a feeling that unless you want to sit there and play pros all day, who probably won't want to play you if you're decent, uh, then I I don't know how good this will be. I have a feeling it just won't have all that much action because you really need a very big population to make an online poker room active. Now, if it was in California, which is has got a huge population, that's a different story. I'm sure that would be very successful. But Nevada, I just don't know if it has the population to support it, and I think the games are going to suck, and I think the software is going to suck. Uh, I, but, Jeff, I, even if it does suck, what does it mean for the future of online poker in more expansive venues? That, that's a good question. Uh, I think if it does suck... Well, if the software sucks, I think that can improve if they want to put the effort into it. Uh, if the game sucks just from lack of participation, I don't think that's going to be much better if, if uh, the bigger casinos, like like or companies like MGM or Caesars, get a room, which they probably eventually will, but and, and they'll be able to market it better maybe, but still, if you can only play in Nevada, there's only so much you can do. But what does it mean for the future of online poker? I think it can only help because... Provided everything goes well, it will answer a lot of the questions that a lot of the skeptics have about, you know, problem gamblers, about minors getting access to playing, a lot of the fears that people have about online poker, which I think are largely unfounded. I think this will answer a lot of them if it's performed successfully and it goes off without problems. If there are problems with it, then that's going to be a disaster, and then every time there's any attempt to legalize online poker federally, 
it's, it, they're going to point back to how this was a failure in Nevada and it's going to hurt it. But I think it'll probably help because I think it'll be successful at least from the standpoint of not having uh, problems. And um, it may have some technical problems, but I mean as far as like legal problems. And I, th- I think well, I mean, between this and that decision by that federal judge that we talked about on the show last week, I think we're, you know, a couple steps closer to seeing Black Friday go away. Well, I, I think it's a good sign that there will be a an operating legal U.S. poker room that uh, that will exist. And that will definitely be a good first step. This is the biggest first step you can have. I don't think the ruling last... Uh, last week really matters very much because I wasn't about online poker, but I think that uh, this will be a good first step, especially if it goes off without uh, without problems. But uh, on the other hand, I still think we're a good distance away from seeing federally legalized online poker, and I, I don't think we're going to see it next year. Uh, I don't even know if we'll see it in the next few years, but uh, this is obviously a good first step, and hopefully, at the very least, if this goes off well, then other states will probably do it. And then if you have a lot of states that are doing this successfully, then there will be more pressure on the federal government to just say, okay, just make it legal federally. But But uh, Mark Ficon in chat brings up a really good point. He says, so this could potentially hurt online poker if they screw it up. Yeah, well, yeah, I just said that. Right, right, right. But, I mean, if they mess this up, and who's at the helm? I mean, is there somebody competent running this thing? Uh, I I don't know. I didn't check who that is. I I wish I was running it because... uh, Me too. You know, I I would apply, but I'm sure they already have their own people into it. I'm not going to bother, but they need someone like me running it. And I'm not saying this to be arrogant. I'm saying they need someone who's been around in online poker for a long time, knows what is needed, knows what's good about an online poker room, knows what's bad about an online poker room, knows how to run it, like just just kind of knows the industry so well that that they can manage it. Don't don't bring in some noob who may be a good general you know, manager of, of, of casinos, but uh, has no idea how to run online poker, which is a very different animal. So so anyway, that's uh, that that's my take on the situation, and we'll, we'll have to see. We'll, we'll talk more about this as it gets a little closer. And right. uh, Obviously, we don't know a lot about it, so, yeah. so we can only just imagine. Yeah, Bubbles said in the chat that maybe Annie Duke will get the gig. That'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be terrible for this day. So, all right. Uh, um, uh, so, anyway, uh, that's that's this about the South Point. Let me talk about a little bit about some, uh, some scandals going on here. As I said, I won't take too long on these, but... Uh, um, we have basically two things that have happened this past, well, not just past this past week, but they came out this past week, or at least I found out about them. We have the situation of paynorake.com, which, uh, they, they, first of all, if you go there, they claim that they will process their payouts in 72 hours. It's a complete lie. Uh, nobody's received a single cash out since May, since early May. And uh, anyone who emails them asking where it is. They just, for the last two months, don't even answer you. Uh, and, and now they're claiming there's been an ownership change and they have backlogs to pay you. Whenever you hear about backlogs paying you, you can pretty much kiss the money goodbye. I mean, that's that's true in everything in life, but especially in online poker. So um, here's an example. Someone uh, got into a chat with live support for paynailrake.com. So the guy says, please tell me when the cash app will be processed. I really need the money. Support says, we thank you for the cooperation and understanding of withdrawal delays. <laughs> so so the, the guy says back, I didn't ask you that. I asked you to please tell me when I will get my money. 
Response? It's a freaking template. What response? We thank you for the cooperation and understanding of withdrawal <laughs> delays. It's a bot. <laughs> so, so then, so the, here's the funniest part. The guy says, "Please answer my question," and then it says, "Support has left chat." <laughs> so, so they just they they dropped the same line twice when the guy wasn't having it. They just left. They just said goodbye and oh didn't, didn't even God. say goodbye. They just left chat. So, uh, um. So they're they're not going to pay, and so if, if you're playing on paynorake.com, uh, you might as well not even bother playing. I, I don't even think it matters if you win a million dollars on there; you're not going to ever cash it out. Definitely don't ever deposit on there. Definitely don't believe any stories they tell you about uh, ownership changes, backlogs, etc. Your money's just about surely gone, from my it's experience. So so uh, so. Uh, this is only a. Uh, Are you saying you might as well just be playing on TemplarPoker.org? Right, no, I think Templar Poker has a better chance. You know, at least, uh, at least I think if the Templar lucks into winning the lottery, he'll pay you. I don't think Pay No Rake will pay you under under any circumstances. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, don't play there if you're a European. You can't play anyway if you're from the U.S., which is fortunate for U.S. players. But here's another site that uh, is aimed at European players that uh, is also not paying people and you may be able to kiss your money goodbye there, too. Not quite as bad as uh, paynorake.com, but this is gutshot.com. They used to be part of the iPoker network. In April, they moved to the Merge network, which is a U.S.-facing network. Now, there are some skins on there that you can't be a U.S. player, even though the network has a lot of U.S. players. But uh, they moved to the Merge network, and uh, since that network switch in April 2012, there's been some cash-out problems. So um, some people didn't even know this. They just said, hey, I don't like the Merge Network. I wanted to play on iPoker. So now that you've moved networks, I want out. So they, people tried to cash out, and they've been stalled. They're not getting their money. Uh, they're, they're getting a lot of stories about uh, you know, the move between the networks, how it's delaying things. And then came the really bad thing. A few weeks ago, the gutshot.com client went down. You try to connect... And it says our client's down for maintenance. And, and it's been this way. And if you go to their site right now, gutshot.com, you will see that uh, they admit their client is down. It actually says, Poker Software, our new Merge and ENET poker clients will be updated and online very shortly. There are some great new features to look forward to. Now, this doesn't make any sense because when you're a Merge skin, Merge basically gives you your software. You're not writing your own software. They're giving you their software... And you just customize it for your own thing. You just you just put in your own little personal touches for your own site that feeds into the merge network. So there's no reason they can't put up like a bare bones merge skin really quickly. And there's no reason it should have all these quote technical difficulties. It just can't connect. So and they admit it's down. So one of the users who had a lot of money on there got very concerned and did some research. And if you go to the Scam Scandals and Shadiness Forum on Poker Fraud Alert, you can read about this. Um, there's a club, a poker club called the International Club that's in London. And it's somehow associated with Gutshot.com. Well, that was recently shut down. This is a live poker room. It was recently shut down due to some regulatory issues. I guess they were running too many poker tables and violating their license. And they got shut down. So that made the person even more concerned that here a live poker room associated with Gutshot.com gets shut down. And then suddenly Gutshot.com has all kinds of problems and doesn't pay anyone, and then their software just inexplicably now is down and won't connect to Merge. And, and they admit it. They admit that our software is down, and we don't have a timetable for it coming back. So this guy actually wrote to Merge. Well, first he wrote to them to ask about the cash-out, saying, hey, I, I know you guys are down. How about you just give me my, my money? 
And they wrote back, Hi, we are sorry, but our services are currently offline whilst we upgrade our services. Actually, I, I'm sorry, i got to do this in the right accent. Hi, we're sorry, but our services are currently offline whilst we upgrade our services. We are working very hard to resolve this as soon as possible. However, as yet, we do not have a time scale for its completion. Please note that during our downtime, we will have no access to any player data, nor any financial data, and we will be unable to assist anyone with specific queries relating to your account. We would like to thank you for your patience and understanding, and um, you can shove your money up your bum, because you'll never get it. Tally-ho, pip-pip, and let's get on with the bloody scam. So that's, uh, that's the re- response they got. So this person took it even further, and they found a guy named Dean Bosky at Merge, some, some guy high up at the Merge network itself, who was supposed to be holding people's money. The Merge network is supposed to be holding the money when you play on Merge skins. So this way, if the, if the skin goes down, supposedly Merge has the money, and they can pay you. They don't tell you this, but that's the, what the, what, that's the way the model's supposed to be, to where Merge is, is managing the money on the network. So you don't have to really trust the skin all that much. Well, Jeff, is there any truth to the claim by one of our posters, Sean Benning's Limp Dick, uh, that they don't even have a payment processor, and Merge told them that they wouldn't work with them, until they got that straightened out. That's right, and that's probably what's going on here. Is that uh, uh, so? This guy emailed Don, Dean Bosky at Merge. So first, Dean Bosky is like, "What? Gutshot is down? I didn't even know about this." <laughs> so a higher up at Merge didn't even know it was down. But then he looked into it, and he wrote back saying that the site is down because the previous supplier of banking services to Gutshot had been terminated. Uh, had terminated its relationship with Gutshot. So basically they have no payment processor to put money in or out of the site. And Gutshot will not admit to this, but this came directly from a guy named Dean Bosky at Merge, and it's probably true, and that's probably what's really going on. And I have to think that a good chance that the reason there is no payment processor is because they're broke, and the payment processors won't work with them. So it's not that hard to find a shady payment processor. Every little skin can manage it. So the fact that weeks and weeks have gone by and they don't have any timetable for going back up. They're lying about the reason they're down, claiming it's a software issue, which doesn't even make any sense if you know how the software works on Merge. Uh, Gutshot's in bad trouble. Now, if you have money on there, there's a good chance you'll never see it. The good news is you can't deposit, so at least innocent people are not going to deposit there and lose their money because you, you can't even connect to the site. But uh, if somehow they get this rectified and somehow they can take deposits again, do not trust them. Do not trust Gutshot. Even if somehow they get things running again, this whole thing is unacceptable. And, and they're lying to people, and they, uh, um, they're they very unstable and have been ever since they moved from iPoker. So, uh, also, a site called PokerHuis, H-U-I-S dot com, that's aimed that at Dutch... Queef? Yeah, PokerQueef.com. That's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I should start that, actually. But uh, PokerHuis.com, aimed at Dutch players, that was bought by Gutshot.com a few months ago, that is also having the identical issue where you cannot connect to the client. And uh, so avoid that for sure. And I, I just w- I'm going to try to give some more publicity to this because this, this story is being ignored everywhere. And I think it's pretty big that a Merge skin has gone down and, and Merge is, is just passing the buck saying, well, they, they can't get a processor. We're just not dealing with them. And, and your money is, is just gone. Is it possible gone. that some European payment processors have gone out of business or just become more particular about who they deal with? Um... I don't know. I don't know what the European situation is. I mean, obviously, is. this is conjecture on my part, but it just seems interesting that two European 
poker sites are on this network have had issues. Well, they're both both sites here on this network are owned by the same people. Pokerqueef.com, pokerqueef.com. <laughs> and Jesus, what a name. And, and yeah, pokerqueef.com. I remember when like Reefer Poker came out. I thought that was a little bit too risque. <laughs> Yes, I remember Reefer Poker. What was the other one? Great? What was it Great Eight Poker? Yeah, Great Eight Poker. That was uh, that was. I, def- yeah, I knew someone that was almost a pro in that. I, I did too. So, so anyway, uh, Gutshot.com. Uh, they they own both those sites, so that's that's why they're both having the same problem. So uh, definitely stay away from them, even if they come back. And if you have Money stuck on there. I feel bad for you, but you're probably not going to get it. Jeff, we need a queef sound effect for this broadcast. Can you know, you I, think, I, I think I have to spare our listeners from that. Otherwise, the, <laughs> I think we're going to lose ratings pretty badly if that happens. <laughs> well, listen, I, we have 35 minutes. We have about six other things to get through to. What is what is going on? I, you know, I, I haven't been on the Internet. I was on vacation, and then... As I mentioned, I came back and was a little bit under the weather. Uh, this obnoxious player disqualified from a WPT regional event in Florida was a yes. penalty too harsh. What what happened here? Well, you know, I was going to call him tonight, but I couldn't reach him before. And now we, I don't think we have time for an interview, so it, maybe we'll do it next week. But uh, but I'll talk about what happened briefly. You've all pl- anyone who's played live poker has dealt with this type of guy, a guy who can never shut up, a guy who's drunk. He's belligerent to people. He, he he curses. He just makes it kind of unpleasant to be playing poker with him. Uh, you just kind of wish the guy would shut his mouth, and and it just creates like a tense, unpleasant environment. That's who this guy was, and so he was playing a WBT regional event at the Seminole Casino in Florida, and um, he got very deep. It's a 440 buy-in. First place was 90k because there were 900 something people in the tournament. I think 944. Um, he got down to the final 16 and had a little bit below average stack. I think he had like 680K and average was 860. Um, what happened was he was on the big blind with pocket eights. Someone raised under the gun, came back to him, and he sees pocket eights and he goes, Oh, shit! Well, or not shit, he said, Oh, fuck, is what he said. He said, Oh, fuck! Like, and he really meant that. Like, like what do I, kind of like, what do I do? I've got pocket eights. I, I kind of... Uh, if I just call, then I'm kind of pot committed. Like, he didn't know what to do with the eights there. So he legitimately was not trying to be obnoxious to people. He just goes, oh, fuck. Well, I guess the WPT still has a rule about the profanity that they've since lifted from the World Series, and that is you just can't use it at all. It's not like the World Series where as long as you don't direct it at someone, then it's okay. Here, you just can't use profanity. So I guess he used profanity earlier in the night and had already been warned, and he admits to this. Hmm. And, and he was also obnoxious just in general, with people at the table. He didn't do anything terrible, but he was just loud and obnoxious the whole night, and everyone was really sick of him. But they were down to the final 16. So he says, oh, fuck, when he sees this. Like, that someone raised his blind, and then he sees he has a hand that he doesn't know what to do with. Now, isn't it, this is, uh, not to go far off course here, but it's somewhat ironic, because didn't you have a very meaningful hand with uh, Pocket 8's this summer draft? I did, actually, yes. It was funny. It was a similar situation. I didn't say, oh, fuck, but uh, yes, I right. did. But I, I thought that, too, when I read it. But the guy, uh, when he said, oh, fuck, they, they called the floor over, and the floor said, I'm sorry, you're getting a two-round penalty for using the word fuck. So he was really unhappy about this, because the blinds were big, 
Now, and is that standard? I mean, is that really just enforced by the particular place you play, or yeah. are there some places where you can get away with a lot of crap? Well, yeah, it, 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 it's totally dependent upon the casino. And but it would look like here. It looked like here that everyone was just sick of him, and he'd been warned before already about the profanity, and he was generally being unpleasant to everyone. So when he said "oh fuck," it was kind of like a technicality to finally give him a punishment. It's kind of like uh, getting Al Capone on tax evasion. So, so, they, <laughs> so, they, so they, uh, they gave him a two-round penalty, and that's when all hell broke loose, because he realized the two-round penalty at the way the blinds were, he was going to lose about 30% of his stack, and it was going to severely lessen his chance of winning the tournament or at least finishing the first five spots. So uh, he created a big scene over this and had a vigorous argument with the tournament director. Now, here's the part I don't like. All, all the way up till now, I'm okay with it. Because, uh, you know, if the guy's making it unpleasant for everyone around there, and, and, and if, you know, you finally have to get him on breaking a rule you've already warned him on, even if it's kind of a stupid rule, uh, fine. If You know, I, I'm happy to see players like that punished. But... Kind of like O.J. Simpson. Yeah, exactly. That's like that's you like couldn't get him exactly. for the murder, but a lot of people think, Druff and Angel, that the state of Nevada was overly harsh on him to make up for him. I, I actually agree with that, and I think, yeah, and yes, that's why no one objected too much to that sentence for OJ, much like people didn't object to this guy being given the two-round penalty. And also, I think they were selfish, too, in that, you know, that's one more player you're not going to have to worry about, uh, or, or, or whose chips will be just taken. Like, they're competing against him, too. But anyway, the part I don't agree with was when he was arguing about this and not taking no for an answer, it appears that the tournament director just abruptly said, all right, you're out of here. You're disqualified. And that was it. He was disqualified and, and, and put into 16th place. And that was it. He was gone. And uh, he was beside himself. He got a very small payout compared to what you know was at the final table. You, you know how it is when you finish in a tournament between like 10th and 18th. It's like a fraction of what uh, you get you know, like if you get down to the final five. Right. So... So he was so really. He was drinking. He was a little wasted. He went a little over the top, but people didn't appreciate it. That seems wrong. So, so yeah, I, what I felt was the problem here is if you're going to do something that harsh to someone, kick him out of the tournament completely when there's 16 left out of a 944 field tournament when he's got around an average stack. He has to be really, really bad and just absolutely not listening to directions. So if they told this guy, okay, we've given you the penalty if you continue to disrupt the tournament arguing about it, we're going to disqualify you. And if he ignores that and continues to argue, fine. He's been warned. He chose to ignore the warning. Disqualify him. But Is there any way we can get this guy on, on the radio show and can we get him on while he's drinking? <laughs> well, he wanted to come on tonight. I just couldn't reach him. And uh, you know, We should definitely hook that guy up Like, and maybe they could, he could become buddies with that one dude that threw all his girlfriend's shit out the window at the Rio. <laughs> That's right, Carter Gill. summers ago. Carter Gill? Yeah, the funny thing is when we got Carter Gill on the radio on our previous show, he actually seemed like a very nice and personable guy. He didn't come well, off the same. He also thought he was talking with a British poker journalist. Based that is out true. Of, uh, <laughs> that is true. He was talking to Colonel Fabersham of the uh, the London Poker Weekly. But uh, No, I think the key is that they need to be drinking while they're doing the show. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this guy, uh, we'll definitely try to get him on here. But while most of 2 plus 2 is against him, people on 2 plus 2 seem to believe, like, since you were being obnoxious, since you were being kind of disruptive, and since you did do everything they were saying, and because you wouldn't take no from an answer from the tournament director, and just kept getting in the guy's face, he, he finally tossed you. you got to show more restraint than that. And if I were him, yeah, I would. I had a penalty. I'm not going to go into the whole thing again. But two years ago, when I was very deep in the main event, I got a really stupid penalty. 
and and I was pissed off about it. But once they just told me, no, we're not we're not budging, I said okay, and I took the penalty. I was pissed off, but I was not going to risk what I had going on at the main event. Um, yeah, I didn't want to give them the slight chance to kick me out. So this guy was stupid, of course, to do this, but they should not disqualify people unless they're just absolutely not shutting up when told you're going to be disqualified if you don't shut up. They always have to give that final warning, you're going to be disqualified if you don't change, before disqualifying people. Unless they do something horrendous. Like if you just go like punch the guy next to you in the face, then yeah, disqualify you. But, but just arguing, no one should ever be disqualified from that without a warning. So that, that's, that's how I feel. How do you two feel about this? Well, I think it depends. If the person is arguing with a lot of expletives, that can be obnoxious. I, I mean, I think they need to keep it under control to a certain extent. What, I mean, Brandon, if you've been at the table and somebody's been drunk and just seriously obnoxious, it, does that get in the way of you playing your best game? Um, you know what? Normally, unless I've been playing like a really long time and I have a headache, I tend to laugh at all the shenanigans. I mean, you know, although I don't play there much anymore... At the Bellagio, and I'm sure Druff can, can will agree with me on you know for Friday and Saturday night. These are all common occurrences, you know, especially at the Bellagio, and I guess probably at every every card room. Um, just the way my personality is in general, when I play, all the craziness that goes on around me, it doesn't affect me positively or negatively. I mean, it doesn't like make me play any differently. It doesn't tilt me, you know. And I, and I guess more so than anything, I tend to just laugh at it. The only exception being if the guy's, like, next to me and then just is one of these people that continually so drunk and will keep talking to me and, you know, that that will at, at, at some points annoy me to the point where I'll request a seat change or just even, you know, put on uh, my iPod and you know, just to listen, or even if I'm not listening to music, just to tell the guy shut up. I don't, you know, I don't want to converse with you. But uh, more so than no, no, I just I laugh at it. You know, I've seen, I've seen so much crazy shit. I've seen racks of chips thrown at people, drinks thrown on other players and foremen. That it really takes a lot these days to even surprise me. I've um, seen people talking so much shit, and and actually, I sort of associate that with live poker. I mean, you know, you're at a brick and mortar, and you're playing at a table. You're you're bound to run into some crazy people, and that's kind of what makes it poker. That's kind of what makes it fun to me. I don't know. I just roll with it. Well, okay, so and do you feel that uh, he was unfairly disqualified, provided that he was not giving oh, a warning? If he wasn't given a warning, like, stop, we're going to disqualify you, do you believe that even if the guy was just very uh, unpleasant, that it was still wrong to disqualify him without warning Absolutely. him beforehand? I mean, his unpleasantness to me is part of the experience. So, you know, let the guy talk shit. Yeah, I, I actually I disagree a little bit in that I think that... Okay. Uh, I, I think it... I disagree in that people should just be allowed to... I don't think they should be allowed to create that kind of environment there, I, I, especially in tournaments. But it, it, it depends on the table. The table can stop him from creating an environment by simply, you know, telling him he's an asshole. Well, I know, but then it's kind of, it makes it worse. I can, I can understand the argument to, to shut him up, but I can't understand disqualifying him because he's unhappy with the decision and argues with the floor man. I think the, the tournament director, not the, the floor man, the tournament director, I think the tournament director abused his power and disqualified the guy because, just because he could and didn't like him, and, and because no one was going to complain because nobody liked him. So yeah, I think it, 
So uh, anyway, uh, we we have another story totally unrelated to this. Uh, usually, uh, poker these days there's a lot of words back and forth, both uh, in the live poker rooms and on the forums. But uh, rarely does it ever become physical. But uh, we actually <laughs> had a fight that occurred this week. Well, I don't even know if you could call that a fight. You're ruining the mood here, I'm trying to create. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. We had a fight this week. And that fight was between Matt Marifiati and Jonathan Aguiar. It wasn't really a fight, you're right. (laughs) What happened was at the at the tournament, I forget which tournament it was, but uh, people are pissed off at Matt Marifiati, not just because he tweets about Lauren Kling's asshole being hairy but also mainly because the credible accusations against him of whole card cheating at the high limits, or at least attempting to. And uh, people didn't really want to see him at this live tournament after what came out about him. So uh, he actually brought a bodyguard there. This is a rich kid. This is someone with really rich parents, and uh, he's got a lot of money that I think he didn't necessarily win from poker. And uh, what he did was he brought a bodyguard with him, just in case anybody attacks him because of what came out about the cheating. But instead of the bodyguard th- being there for defensive purposes, he actually was empowered by the bodyguard being there and actually started his first physical fight ever at a poker tournament. Because Matt marafiotti has been threatening people forever over the internet. I mean, that's been going on for quite some time. But he's never carried through on the threats. In fact, he didn't directly threaten me, but he kind of like made an implied threat to me, like if, if my forum keeps bashing him, he's going to see me soon, or something like that. So, this all seems like idle threats and a bunch of crap. But uh, he did actually shove Jonathan Aguiar at... Uh, he tried to like shove him to the floor. I don't think Jonathan fell. But then, uh, right then, everybody pretty much uh, jumped up and, and stopped the whole thing. And... Uh, Strangely enough, he didn't even get thrown out of the tournament. Yeah, that's that's what was odd. I guess what I ended up saying, I know uh, Jonathan busted out immediately after. I'm not sure if Matt did as well. And because uh, I guess now, because of the, the decline of just big buy-in tournaments, I know it wasn't like this uh, a few years ago. I'm not sure when they implemented this. But now I guess you can re-enter uh, the, the le- legends at uh, the bike which, you know, at least as of, I guess, 2009, 2010, you weren't able to. So, uh, I don't, you know, I know that John busted out and then played the next day. I know Matt was st- either still in and made it to day two or rebought as well. But I found that kind of odd as well. It said both parties were taken away and interviewed by security, and they missed, uh, you know, a round or so of, of, of blinds, but they were allowed back, which yeah. I found kind of odd. Um, so, again, I, you know, I, I read this, but, you know, I gotta be honest to you, I don't, I mean, maybe other people do, I'm kind of just sick of him, I'm sick of hearing, you know, just, it's like, every week, I can't ever, I mean, can you remember the last time, like, somebody, and again, he's not, you know, he's an online pro, it's not like he's a known household name, but that somebody's just had such a public blow up over such a short amount of time with various 
uh, you know, different occurrences like this? I mean, I can't even think of anyone. Yeah, I can't either. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's constantly in the news, and not for good reasons, not for his poker play or uh, anything good he's doing for poker. There's just, just constant drama surrounding this guy that, that he creates himself. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Aguirre, I like him, and I think he actually has some similarities to me in that he likes to call out anything shady he finds in poker, even if it's going to uh, label him as a whiner. Or, or label him as someone who always complains or, uh, or things like that. He just he wants to just come forward and, and say what's on his mind if something's wrong, regardless of, regardless of who he pisses off. So he actually was expressing interest in coming on tonight's episode also to talk about this. But just like uh, the guy who got uh, thrown out of the Seminole Casino, I, I couldn't reach him when it came time for the show. But uh, maybe we'll have him on next week. I, I would like to have him on for a few different reasons. Uh, so, but anyway, uh, yeah, this... this what I found most outrageous about the story was that if it was not in dispute that he was uh, physically attacked, even if it's just a shove, but if it's not in dispute that he physically attacked another player, why was he allowed to stay in, especially if Jonathan had to miss a few rounds uh, to, to deal with the aftermath of well, that's, this? That's what I'm getting at. I mean, was it confirmed that, that there was actual... Uh, physical alteration alteration between the two of them or did he try to approach him and then he was separated because I I would love to understand the justification of how anyone in any casino can put their hands on somebody else and uh, I mean not be arrested or 86 more or less allowed to be continuing a tournament yeah I, I don't know I yeah, never got so confirmation I, that this happened exactly as described but uh, you know I haven't known Jonathan Aguiar to lie and especially with everybody right there, it's not like they were in an alley somewhere and he, he's claiming he was the one attacked when he was very much uh, involved in the fighting, too. This this was something that happened in front of a lot of people, and I think someone would have called him out by now if, if he, you know, contributed to this happening. So if, if really he was shoved like this, regardless of how bad the shove was or if he fell down or not, if this happened, first of all, they shouldn't have to take him out of the tournament and, uh, and talk to him about it when he short-stacked. Uh, or, or even if he's not short stack, you shouldn't make people miss hands who are the victim of this. And, and the guy who did it, if it's uh, just ask the other players around, you know, did this guy just shove this other guy without provocation? And if the answer is yes, then then kick him out of the tournament. That's that's who should be disqualified, not this guy at the Seminole. So anyway, that that happened, and uh, I, I don't uh, I, I don't know much more about it, but uh, we will. Uh, uh, we'll have more to say about it later. Yeah, if there's anything further to say, we'll say it, and maybe we'll get Jonathan Aguiar on, on next week. He, he's an interesting guy, and I, I, I would like to get him I'd on like the show. To have him on the show. Right. So, uh, anyway, uh, that that happened too, and we. I, I just want to quickly go over some other things. We're, we're pretty much done with the scheduled topics, other than uh, I'll let you do your segment for. Actually, I don't know, Val. Do you well, want? You can tell us quickly. Was there, wait, do we oh, want to hear sorry. about uh, Brandon's... Uh, well, no, we'll yeah, get to I'll that. We'll get to that in seven minutes. I, I want to make sure we get seven everything minutes? done. Seven Yeah. yeah. Well, eight, well, 8.20. Well, Did, okay, you mentioned in the opening that there was an update. Oh, I'm sorry. Vowels, am I overstepping my no, bounds? I go right ahead. I, no, I know that you mentioned in the beginning that there was an update about the Templar scamming. Was that the update in the beginning, or is there more to... Yeah, that's pretty much the update. And check the thread about it, and I will be posting very shortly about uh, the money people will, will be receiving and, and, and okay. uh, the whole story. So check it out in the forum. Also check out in the forum the best and worst 
posters uh, on BracketGeek.com, our sponsor, and that's a good application of BracketGeek. You'll get to really get used to BracketGeek, and it's a totally free site to use, and, and it's fun, and you'll get to vote for the best and worst posters on the site, and uh, um, the winner will get $50 from uh, who's the best poster. And, uh, you know, if you like someone as a poster, you can get them 50 bucks for being the best poster. So anyway. I think there should be some kind of, like, you know, door prize for the loser as well, for the worst poster. Yeah, well, there, there might be. We'll have to see. And this, this is sponsored, by the way, by Pooh. Not just sponsored by him, but he's the one who put together the whole thing. He actually went. I think we. Something just sounds wrong. Yeah, something just sounds wrong when you say this was sponsored by Pooh. <laughs> so yeah, this P O O H. Not like trashing the guy, but it's just funny yeah, to hear that it's, it's, it's sponsored by Pooh. Yeah, I didn't even think of it. Like I picture his name written. When I say that, I picture the way it's written. I don't even think of it, but I know it must sound really weird. So anyway, P O O H. Yeah, everybody. He put his time into both creating these brackets and uh, putting up the prize money. So uh, a very generous guy. He's he's given other things in the past to give away here and sponsored other things. So that's another generous user we have. Even though some people here don't like him very much, and uh, I can see. You know, he's, he's very opinionated and, and does go after certain people. He even went after me a few months ago. But uh, as far as his we dedication... differences, but I have to say, I really like Pooh. I, I think that he's good for the site. Yeah, well, as, as far as his dedication to the site, that's not in question. He's, uh, he's been very generous. So, uh, um, Angel, why don't you tell us about the dream you had about me? We have five minutes, yeah. and then Brandon yes. can fi- finish off with his uh, charity uh, um, show and, and all that. Well, uh, this is a little embarrassing, uh, Jeff, and, and and I hope that the listening audience will forgive this. And please remember that you can't control your dreams. Okay, this <laughs> stuff just happens. That's a disclaimer. Uh, yes, it, it is a disclaimer. So basically, uh, the other night I had a very in- intense dream, um, and in it, uh, I somehow had met up with Todd, and we were in a restaurant. There was nobody else there with us. I don't know why. And we ended up going back to my place. And Uh-oh. For some reason, <laughs> I don't know why. If it Maybe it's doing radio together or something like that. Uh, but this idea somehow infiltrated into my dream. And I don't know why, but we had like a make-out session. <laughs> but just like you had mentioned in that one thread that we talked about random thoughts on PFA. There was no sex because by the time it got to the sex, the dream changed. And See, so I never that, get any sex in my dreams. I don't. That's know why. weird in general because, uh, I mean, at least me, guys don't dream about making out. I mean, it's always penetration, you know, or at least or oral sex. I've never like dreamed about making out with a girl. That's kind of odd. To me. I mean, just to me, do girls in general just dream about like making out with guys? No, this is very, very unusual. Here, so, so I mean, but I mean, it, during the makeout session, it was very hot. I, mean, I was going to ask, how was it? I, I'll really? tell you a story. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like amazing. Wow, so, I actually, I actually had a uh, a girl a number of years, like fifteen years ago, who I knew, tell me she had a sexual dream about me, and this was no one I think was really actually into me. But she said I had a dream that we went to like a motel and had sex. So I said, well. Can you at least tell me how it was in the dream? And she's like, well, <laughs> it was average. I'm like, you know what? I'll take that. I'm like, what's the point of that dream? <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, at least it was average. At least it wasn't bad. Like, I, I was like, all right, I'll take average. You'll take that, huh? Yeah, I'll take that in the dream. But, uh, no, I'm glad the makeout session was hot. And, uh, you know, I actually got a, a question from my parents uh, who listen to the show sometimes. 
believe it or not. And yeah, they, mine do too. Do you find that awkward? Yes, very, very yeah. awkward. Me but, too. But my parents, I who I don't really like it. <laughs> So my, then they ask me. Then they ask me. I mean, it's really only my father. Then he asks. He asks me questions, and you know. And of course, you know, I'm a grown man. It's not like you know, son. What are you doing? You know, I don't approve. But it just, it, it, I find it awkward having to explain. Like I know we don't like to mention this, but when he'll say something like, "Who is this? This this Jew? Jew? Jew?" You know, donk fellow I hear about her. You know, like, and you can't explain, especially in like an easy five minute conversation. You know, the basis of things that have been going on and correlating for five, six, seven, eight years. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's it's you know, and why do I listen and I hear that? What does that mean? You know, and of course he's referring to the you know the snake in the grass. And by the way, have we uh, do we have uh, any comment from them about my return to the show tonight, Ruff? Well, that, that the snake said something when uh, you posted a thread about me coming back. You know, he did have a, one comment. <laughs> it, it was pretty much the usual statement from it. Just on the ball tonight. But, uh, you know, I, I, I want to tell you that uh, when my parents have listened, they one of the questions they had is, who is this angel girl? And... You know, is your girlfriend jealous that that one of your co-hosts is female? And I said, no, 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 it's fine. You know, I've known her a long time. It's not like that. And now I, I hope my girlfriend doesn't hear this show because maybe she really will be angry. Well, I mean, I want to assure the listeners that there's never, ever been anything sexual between Jeff and I. And honestly, I think it has to do with the fact that Jeff is funny and I like funny guys. And it somehow worked its way into my dream world, uh, whatever, you know, twisted world that is. I don't, I, you know, I claim no responsibility for this, yeah. but... Um, you know, we have one yeah, step calling, but... Uh, yeah, well, we have one step calling. I'm not even going to take his call, because uh, it is 8.20. Uh, Brandon, the floor is yours. You have uh, 10 minutes here to tell everybody about uh, this, this very impressive uh, charity show you have going on and, uh, and who's going to be involved. Uh, take it away. Mm, okay, well, I appreciate it. Um, first off, uh, I, I want to kind of explain in three separate parts what we're going to be doing. Um, we are going to be Vegas Poker Radio, along with myself and uh, Johnny, Jacep, and my other partner from uh, Filthy Limper Radio, Kevin, will be hosting a 50-plus hour podcast that we're calling the Iron Man Podcast. Uh, it's begin- it begins actually September 3rd. I know this is kind of confusing. It begins September 3rd on the East Coast at midnight and 9 p.m. Vegas time. So uh, that's going to be Sunday, basically, Sunday night or early no, you Monday. Mean, you mean Monday night. on the East Coast. No, it's actually September... Okay, so this is... Oh, it, okay. I, I no, September 3rd, I think, is, I, think that, I think midnight September 3rd or 9 p.m. September 2nd is Monday night, right? Okay, what it is is it's going to begin. Okay, it's going to begin on the second Vegas time at nine p.m. Oh no, you're, you're right. You're right. Which, it is Sunday. I, I got it. I'm sorry for interrupting. Sunday, yeah, it, it, I, we just set it up this way, just based on the schedule of people we're going to have on. But again, to clarify, it, it begins September second, West Coast time, Sunday. Okay, this coming Sunday at nine p.m. on the East Coast. It would be the beginning of Monday morning at midnight. Anyhow, the reason, just to give a, a brief background, uh, one of the members that's actually in our chat right now, uh, Joe Yu, um, has a child and is also, that, that has this illness that's called the 22 
uh, Q uh, deletion and is also a board member of the 22Q Foundation. I'm not going to really spend a lot of time to talk about it. We're going to talk about it in the marathon show. But uh, if anyone that is interested, you know, please go ahead. Their website, it's called the 22.org Foundation. And uh, basically just, you know, again, to give just those that have never heard of it, because I myself have never heard of it, what uh, 22Q deletion is, is it's it is disease that is, uh, in children, when, when they're born, that causes a number of medical problems, uh, and it's various things such as cardiac defects, uh, developmental delays, hearing loss, uh, gastrointestinal difficulties, blood disorders, many. And I guess the closest disease that you could possibly compare this to is, is obviously Down syndrome. Um, and I'm still, to be honest with everyone, educating myself, but uh, Joe has been a member of all of our sites, listens to radio a lot, and uh, is a board member. And we ended up talking about this just for awareness and in on one of our shows on Filthy Limper, and for no other reason just to get the word out. And we talked more and more about it. And what we ended up doing is, you know, we I researched it because I had never even heard of it. And uh, except myself and Kevin, and, and also with the help, obviously, of Joe and uh, Steve-O, decided that we wanted to have a marathon podcast uh, with all the money that we can raise going to this foundation. Uh, Brandon, can you explain for us what the illness is? Okay, yeah, it's called 22Q deletion, and what it does is there's something within the 22nd chromosome, uh, and again, you know, Joe or or anyone else could probably explain a lot better because I'm still familiarizing myself with it. But uh, what it does is it causes just a number of problems in children that, you know, that are born with it. But it's not like one set thing. Um, you know, like I said before, it could be heart defects, developmental delays, hearing loss, feeding difficulties, blood disorders, just, just various health issues. So it's a major genetic disorder. Absolutely. And it happens in the womb there is no way to prevent against it. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And as I mentioned, the organization that dedicates itself to uh, finding a cure, also just helping, uh, you know, families that that, that have children that are born with this, it's 22q.org is the website, is the name of the foundation. So anyone that really is interested, you know, we're talking about kids here. You know, it's, it's always... For me, anyhow, something that always just makes me really sad, and so I've always been that way, is just sick children. You know, for some reason, I can always deal with, like, adults dying, even when I've had, you know, grandparents or, or other people get sick. It's just a part of life. But, you know, just something about children in general um, that, that, you know, are either born with, with an illness or develop one. It's just, it's, it's you know, it's very, very sad. and it's just So it has know. to do with... Um Cerebellar neurons, and I mean, does it? How does it affect their their bodies? Well, I mean, as I said, with each case, it's different. You know, it doesn't affect every child in in one standard way. Like I said, you know, some children can be born with heart defects. Somebody, you know, some can have developmental or developmental delays, hearing loss. It just you don't know. It can even result in autism-like issues. Yeah, and again, I Joe is in the chat. Uh, he's on the board, and he's definitely someone that can answer uh, if, if anyone in the chat has questions, or if he wants to just take over while I'm talking in the chat and, and answer and, and, you know more specific questions. I don't, uh, 
you know, I'm not an expert on it. In fact, it's only been about a month since I, I've ever even heard of it. But anyhow, uh, so what we what we decided to do was to have a fundraiser. And it, it kind of spiraled from there because we were made aware that Ryan Dempster, who is a, uh, you know, anyone that's a sports fan knows, is a pitcher now. He's with the Cubs uh, for many years, just got traded to the Texas Rangers. Uh, he has a daughter that has this condition that was born with this condition as well, and him and his wife have a foundation that raises money as well, and also work hand in hand with the uh, 22Q Foundation. So, anyhow, we, we Joe spoke with Ryan Dempster, and we all started this, these pieces coming together. So, what we're going to be doing, uh, as I mentioned, on uh, this Sunday, starting at 9 p.m. Vegas time on the East Coast, Monday at exactly uh, the break of Monday, is that uh, we're going to have a 50-plus hour podcast, and uh, we're going to go for 50-plus hours. We have a variety of guests that are going to be on. I'll get to that in a second, as well. Just to 50 keep- hours. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, how are you going to do? How are you going to do fifty hours? You guys going to like some of you going to sleep mean, in between? That's a long I time to be up. Gonna pee. You know, I, I got to be honest. As, as most of you know, I went twenty four hours once, uh, and I had been up twelve hours that day before. So I know I can handle it. I, you know, it's funny. I was talking with Johnny today about this. I don't know if I can go fifty hours. Um, I'm going to try my best, but if I need to, you know, to be more productive, I'm not just going to sit there half asleep and incoherent. If I need to take a nap for two hours or three hours, and I will, um, you know, we have three of us that will be on, uh, you know, and, and a, a ton of guests. So, you know, I don't know. None of us have ever done this before. So, uh, I guess the good part of it is that we are going to have three of us that are on. So, if we need to take breaks after 24 hours sleep, you know, in two hour rounds or whatever we decide to do, we'll be able to do that. But what we also ended up doing on uh, Vegas Poker Radio, while this is going on, we set up, or Johnny actually did the majority of this, uh, set up a poker room that's just going to benefit the 22Q Foundation. All, uh, you know, proceeds and profits are going to go to We have a tournament series that's going to be set uh, for the entire duration of the 50 hours. Various tournaments, you know, from No Limit to Pot Limit Hold'em, uh, just various games. And the, the buy-ins are very, very cheap, ranging from a dollar. I think the biggest buy-in tournament we have is $25. Uh, and, again, every penny, every single penny of everything we're doing is going to the 22Q Foundation. Now, isn't it uh, true that uh, Mason Malmuth refused to let you post about yeah, this on 2 Plus 2? I'm going to get to that in a second as well. Oh, my uh, God, it's true? I'm, I'm gonna, yes, I'm going to actually get to that. Jesus but, Christ. Let everyone know, this is such this is going to be such an amazing event uh, in terms of what it's going to do for just publicizing this disease. We have a great, great, great guest list. Uh, just so people know, right now and there, there's going to be more added. These are people that are confirmed that we've already spoken with that are 100% on board, that we have a time that they will be called uh, and... As we get closer to Sunday, uh, people can, you guys can go check on Vegas Poker Radio, and you can see what time slot every guest will be on. So if there's a certain guest that you particularly want to hear about, or, you know, just, of course, I don't expect anyone to listen for 50 hours straight. But anyhow, some of the guests that, that we have that are confirmed 100% um, is uh, the first one is we have two people from the 22Q Foundation that are going to be on. Um, that are representatives and a huge part of that organization. 
Um, and we have a wide variety of poker players and just uh, base, just baseball players. We have So, anyhow, let me just start. We have Josh Arya. He will be on our show. Uh, we have Norman Chad, ESPN commentator. He will be on our show. We have Ryan Dempster, Major League Baseball superstar, pitcher for the Texas Rangers, will be on. Uh, Shannon Shore will be on. We have a gentleman named Jared Tendler, and I'm not I'm not sure who this is. He's a mindset expert. He may be someone famous. I I just don't know. But he was I guess he's someone that uh, is known that we were able to book to get on the show. Jamie Gold will be on. Gavin Griffin. Uh, Dusty Smith, Matt Savage, Christina Lindley, Greg Raymer, Jonathan Little. And Chudruff, you're going to get a kick out of this. Poker pro and Olympic basketball coach, Tony G. Wow. He will be on our show. Richard Roper, uh, which is funny because I did not know who this is. I'm not much of a television person, but he is a uh, movie critic, writer, uh, also for I've been told a degenerate gambler. Wow. Uh, and I guess he hosts a show with... Uh, with uh, Roger Ebert. Yes, he will be on our show. Uh, other poker players uh, that have confirmed as well as Greg, uh, FBT Mueller, Andy Frankenberger, Chris Moneymaker, Victor Ramden, David Plastic, and Asian Spa, for the second time only, <laughs> will be appearing via... Oh, yeah, you know, I actually got—I just got a text from uh, Scotty Clark saying that uh, he's not impressed with the guest list. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> right, right, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. He, he always likes no, to brag I, about the guests he gets, but uh, there, there will be others that will be announced. Um, so this is, you know, again, this is something I'm really, really proud of. 100 percent of everything that we're raising is going to charity. I know a lot of our listeners, you know, for the most part, aren't really wealthy, but if anyone wants to come and uh, you know, either donate directly to the organization, or, or even just playing a couple of the poker tournaments where a, a portion go to, uh, you know, go to the 22Q Foundation. Again, like we have dollar tournaments, two dollar tournaments. I encourage everyone. I promise you, uh, with this guest list that we have, it's going to be a great, great show. Um, even with uh, you know the poker players that we have on there, it's not going to be like your standard. You know, oh, so you want a World Series break? It, it's going to be more like kind of like what Jerry Lewis does. You know, it's going to be a lot of information about the, the 22Q Foundation as well as just a lot of comedy and entertainment, and it's going to be like nothing else that's basically been on a podcast before. It you guys are love it. Uh, all of us have put a lot of work into it. Uh, a lot of big thanks to Jason and Steve-O uh, for helping us out, and Joe, of course, and. Uh, that's this week, and uh, I'm getting rid of this cold, getting my stamina going, and uh, I'm going to go as long as I can go. Yeah, that sounds amazing, and that guest list is just incredible. I mean, I, I, I was shocked when you told me all the people that are going to be on it, and uh, you know, good luck going for uh, 50-something hours, but you know, I think once you guys get really into it and uh, are excited about the whole... Uh, the whole show there, I, I think you'll have more energy than you might believe and, and can probably get through it. So, uh, um, Brandon will miss the show. I thought get a chance to interview someone like Ryan Dempster. I mean, yeah, that's really. Great. Amazing. Yeah, and, and uh, having him chat on, I'm going to get to mock him for all his failed marriages. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know what? He, he uh, are you, Brandon will miss the show next week, obviously, and that's for a very good reason. But it's. I, I, the way it works out, 
is I think the show's going to be winding down exactly when your sh- when our show starts. Oh, really? <laughs> we're very close. This is when the 50 hours is going to expire. But nonetheless, it, I have to be honest. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do any. Yeah, no, that's fine. That's fine. We'll we'll see you in two weeks. And uh, you know, thank you everybody for listening to Poker Fraud Alert Radio once again, the Druff Drexel and Vowels show. And uh, glad to have everybody back together. Sorry the show short tonight, but uh, next week we'll go long again. And uh, two weeks from now we'll have the whole game back together again for a long show. Thank you for listening, and that's all, everybody, for tonight. Uh, this will be a, a little delayed until it comes in the archives this time, because i got to go out right now. But for right now, one, two, three. Shalom! Shalom. Yeah.